With the start of a new church year, we start a new series of gospel readings. This year, they're mostly from Mark, but also some from John. For the time of Advent and Christmas, the overarching theme is the One, teaching us how God works through individuals to accomplish God's saving work. Most significantly, that occurs through His Son, whose coming we celebrate and anticipate. But there are other individuals who play a role. John the Baptist, the Virgin Mary, the shepherds, old Simeon. These individuals point us to the one and show us how each of us can point others to the one. To unpack that today, we again have three parts. First of all, we're going to talk a bit more about how God works through individuals. Then, based on the gospel lesson, Jesus' entry into Jerusalem, we'll talk about the one who comes, and then how his coming enables that work to continue through each one of us. Part one, God works through individuals. When you start talking about God, the tendency is to talk in kind of abstractions. You know, God is almighty or all-knowing or all-powerful. Or perhaps delve into some of the words that are used in the church in that heady doctrine of the Trinity, um, persons and substance. Sometimes quiet conversations will raise questions about God. Why does God allow? Why doesn't God? Why is God so quiet? This season, the gospel lessons push us to focus instead on how God works. And we're in pretty good shape at the beginning to do that because we Lutherans talk about God working through normal things of life, life, word, and water, and a meal. But notable from these lessons is how God works through individuals. And on this topic, there's actually been a shift in the history of God's people. In the beginning, when God created the world and everything was good, God walked and talked with Adam and Eve face to face in the garden. But sin corrupted all of that. So in Abraham, God narrowed the field and chose a single people. God made a covenant with a subset of all of humanity to be his own people, rescuing them through the waters of the sea and the exodus, sending leaders like Moses and David and the prophets. But the people went astray, and eventually both Israel and Judah were destroyed. Reflected in the New Covenant language of Jeremiah, God narrowed his focus again to one, the one. And in working through one, Jesus was the means by which God attempted to restore and does restore creation. See, in working through one, his son, God adopted an approach a pattern of working. It would be central in the story of Jesus, 
but also in the mission of the church. God works through individuals to accomplish God's saving work. Now, much can be said about the attributes of God and God's essence, but what matters is how God works. God works through individuals, making connections with ordinary means like word and water and meal. But central to it all is his work in Jesus, the one who comes. Jesus is central, to be sure, but what makes him so important. Now again, we could delve into all those things the church has debated over the centuries about the person and work of Jesus, but the gospel lesson take, makes one basic point. Jesus is the one who comes. The story is the entry into Jerusalem at the beginning of the Passover, and there's so much going on in this story. It's, after all, the festival of the Passover, the big pilgrimage festival, when people would come to Jerusalem to remember how God had delivered them from slavery in Egypt and to pray that now he would deliver them from the Romans. The city was crowded. Normally, a city of about 35,000 had swelled to close to 250,000. Jesus is approaching Jerusalem from the east, the very direction that the Old Testament says God would come from to rescue his people. The borrowing of the donkey has kingly overtones and humility overtones. The cutting of branches, the palm branches, was a longing for independence. Even to today, the palm branch is the symbol of Jewish independence. It's there on every shekel, their basic coin. And then there were the songs of those accompanying Jesus. Blessed is the one who comes. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. It's not the kingdom of God, the kingdom of our father David. They're looking for national reconciliation. And yet they pray, Hosanna, save us, Lord. What's interesting to me is in the very verse after this triumphal story, it says simply, Jesus went into the temple, looked around, and went back to Bethany. Perhaps Jesus, by his actions, is saying, this isn't the big thing, folks. The big thing is that he comes, comes to Jerusalem, and comes back to Jerusalem to eat a meal, to pray in the garden, to be arrested, to come to the cross, and then to come forth from the tomb on Easter Sunday. The one who comes has a purpose, and he accomplishes it. There's a similar theme in John 1.14. You know the Bible passage. The Word became flesh and lived among us. Actually, the better way to translate that is to pitch his tent among us. He's going to stay for a while. He stays with us, experiences our lives, knows our pain and losses. What makes Jesus so important is that he comes to us. He's not a remote God hovering above everything, but right here in our lives. He is the one who comes. This is how God works in a person like us in every respect. There is a closeness and an intimacy about a God who comes personally among us. And we yearn for that. 
Isaiah captures it in our Old Testament reading for today. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down so that the mountains would quake at your presence. From ages past, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you who works for those who wait for him. Our God is one who comes to us. And in this Advent season, we yearn for his coming anew. Isaiah captures this intimacy with a metaphor. O Lord, you are our potter and we are the clay. We are the work of your hands. The God who formed human beings of the dust of the ground, Genesis chapter 2, is indeed like a potter. The intimacy of a potter working with clay tells us much about the one who comes. But this metaphor also says something about us. You see, unlike a modern potter who produces beautiful works of art, often admired on a shelf rather than used at a table, the potters of ancient Israel produced works that had a purpose in daily life. The lamp to light a room. The storage jar to hold grain. The cooking pot to prepare a meal. The juglet to pour out water. These works of the potter brought the skill of the potter and the care of the potter into the homes of those who used the individual vessels created by the potter. When we, with Isaiah, affirm we are the work of your hand, we affirm not only who we are, but that we have a purpose. God continues to come through each one of us. As we've asserted, God works through individuals, even as God uses the means of daily life, word, water, and meal, to speak to us. The most important individual in this approach is the one named Jesus, the whole thrust of this season. And since Jesus came among us, we are works of God's hands. We are the ones who then come to others. God, indeed, works through us individually. One of us may be like a lamp, lighting the way in a dark time. Another, like a storage jar, can be an enduring friend, always with something to offer. Another, like a cooking pot, can warm up and share the spiritual nourishment that God provides. Another, like a juglet, can pour out refreshment for the journey. Departing from the metaphor, imagine the many ways that you and I, with the particular gifts God has given us, can come to those who uh, have challenges in life, who are worried or lost or lonely, and be the individual hand of God by which God brings help and rescue. 
As Jesus entered Jerusalem into the chaos and fear of the Passover festival, we can be the ones who come into situations where God's grace is needed with the rescue God brought about in Jesus. God's method of saving the world is to replicate, in a way, the coming of Jesus through the way we come to others, through this one and that one and another one. There's a man who had a red boat, trusty little thing, but it's kind of old and beaten up, it needed a fresh cone of paint. So he contacted the local painter to paint his boat. Simple enough job. The next morning, the painter came to his house, pulled the boat out, and finished the paint job in the morning. No problem. Uh, while he was painting, he noticed there was a hole in the side of the boat, so he fixed that. No, yeah, nothing that, all that difficult. And when he was finished, the owner was pleased with the way the boat looked, loaded, looked, paid him, and the two went their separate ways. The next morning, while the painter was working in his shop, he sees the owner of the boat coming, running. I've got something for you, he said. And he gave him a check for twice as much as he had paid to paint the boat. And the painter was confused. You've already paid me. He said, yes, I know, but when you left yesterday, I left also. And when I came back, I noticed the boat was gone. And then I remembered I had forgotten to tell you that there was a hole in the boat. And I figured my kids had taken the boat out on the lake to go fishing, and they were probably in danger because of that hole in the boat. But then I saw them coming home with their fish in the boat, safe and sound. Because you plugged the hole, and I didn't even ask you to do that. Now, you can't walk on water, and you can't still a storm, because you're not Jesus. But when you come as Jesus came to us, when you help sustain, wipe away tears, listen, talk of Jesus, and pray, you're repairing the leaks in someone else's boat. And that now sturdy little boat might keep someone else safe too. God, oops, God works through individuals. First, the one who came rescues you and me. And then God continues that work, replicates that work through each one of us to whom he has given the mission to reach out to someone else. In this season of Advent, we look forward to the coming of the one named Jesus, who came as a child at Bethlehem, who came into Jerusalem at the beginning of that fateful week, and at the end of that faithful week, came forth from the tomb. What God did through that individual, God continues to do in a way. Each time one of us 
comes to somebody who is lonely or in, or in need to plug the hole left in life and keep the boat afloat as a sign of hope. Each one of us has that opportunity. So the takeaways. God works through individuals. And most obviously, the one who comes is God's greatest work. But that work continues in each one of you. So what hole in what boat do you get to plug this week? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.